Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, another off-season full of intrigue and suspense is upon us. It is, in fact, the, the time whence we shine, my friends. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And this is our Super Bowl. AKA, you, we heard you. Oh, did you say it twice, or did you just, I just get a repeat off of you? No, I said it twice. I didn't know if I came through the first time. Oh, you came through. You're good. Yeah, that's Off-season. a good time. flying start this new year. Right. Otherwise, we have to. We have to be like Scott. Everything you say has to be a palindrome, so that when it echoes, we get your exact meaning. So, good luck with that. Thankfully, that's yeah. not the case. Well, I'm glad to see. That, yeah, we've picked up right where we've left off with this podcast, and you know, we're now o for a hundred and well, no, we're about like three for a hundred and six on clean intros to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we've it's happened. It's kind of the uh, you know the Gordy Howe hat trick. Every once in a while, you might see it. Um, no, uh, the, the, the Bills season is over, um, and it ended in fabulous fashion, to be honest. I mean, they, they well, it, it, if you were rooting for the football team to do well, uh, it was a good day on Sunday. And we were, because we went and, you know, the three of us put together some, some coin and traveled to our local inn and, you know, watched the football game. Uh, and we were happy to take in a 42-17 drubbing of the Miami Dolphins. Um, now that did cost them about four or five spots in draft position, but you, you know when you're just going to screw it up, who really cares? Um, the the story of the day was a Dolphins team that I, I would say looked like it quit um, certainly in the second half, and the other half of the story was the Josh Allen show for the second time against the Dolphins. Uh, this time, uh, 17 of 26 for 224 yards, three touchdowns passing and an interception, and then another 95 yards on the ground with two more touchdowns, accounting for five of the of the Bills' six scores um, uh, in the game. Uh, they missed a field goal. Was the only I'd you know I don't want to say the only bad offensive thing, but the only opportunity they had to score that they didn't. I don't think. Um, so a great game, a, an even better game. To watch, there was a fight. There was scoring. There was injuries. Got a little dusty at the end there. Oh yeah, I, and I didn't even bring up the uh, the the real the reason we'll all remember this game. Of course, Kyle Williams' last game, and um, he got treated like a a, a forward on Senior Day. Um, you know, getting pulled out after a timeout uh, in in pretty great fashion. Let's talk about that in a minute. But let me get um, Paul watched most of the game because he got there to the bar first. Uh, so Paul's going to go first with his thoughts on the on this game in particular, and then, pardon my yawn. Um, let's uh, let's keep it short on the game so that we can reflect on the season and the bigger picture a bit more. Right, and that's that's my recap. Yeah, yeah, the, the it was a, it was a good game. Frank covered a lot of the the big points. I was uh, I was pleased with how well they respond in the second half. I was worried about being another Jets game where they would come out like a ball of fire or a wrecking ball, as the great Miley Cyrus once said, and then just, you know, totally, you know, fade away, as that guy in Empire Records said. But instead, they they came out in the second half. They looked disappointed with how the first half ended in that last minute with the two touchdowns. And so to see the response there was great. I liked the fact that we will be able to go into the season talking about going to the end of the season talking about Josh Allen with his best performance as a pro. That was something I really wanted to see after that disappointing, disappointing performance against the Patriots. You know, the defense, 
you know, played really well. Got, I think, four sacks, got a bunch more pressures, you know, forced three turnovers, three or four turnovers, and, you know, just just looked on top of their game, except for, as Frank noted, the special teams gaffes. You know, Dar will be gone, so the punting will be better. Hoshko, we hope it's it's injury and not uh, the the football equivalent of the yips, as they call in baseball, where all of a sudden you're unable to do your job anymore just, for, you know, for, for whatever reason. So, you know, that, that could be something that, you know, they, you've got to worry about a bit going into the off season, but, you know, overall encouraging performance. And of course I won't talk about Kyle yet because we can recap that at the end, but boy, what a, what a nice way to go out and who really cares about the, the draft position. As I've said on Twitter many times, whether you're picking it nine or 13 or five, you're going to get a quality. You have the ability to get a quality player. So assess and, and do that, but Yep, great, great way to end the season. Yeah, uh, I mean nothing. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, all all this, all all uh, you, as everyone knows, this is the space where you hear your Josh Allen complaints for the week. Yep. So uh, I will go ahead and say, didn't like the touchdown, uh, you know, that he threw for the Dolphins. That wasn't uh, that wasn't good. That was not a good read. Um, he also missed a couple throws, but um, he played definitely the best game of his career, and it looked pretty awesome. I mean. There were definitely some great throws and some some wise decisions running the ball. Obviously, you know he did get a little, you know, did get a little whacked at the end there with the uh, the Kiko Alonso kind of attempted mauling. He actually didn't really do a great job of it. Um, whether that was intentionally because he was trying to pull up or just because he was trying but failed, it's, right. it's I don't he's think got, he's got to go to the Julian Edelman school school of dirty hits. Right. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna really do it, yeah, like I fined three hundred three three times for unsportsmanlike uh, last week against the Bills. Um, but uh, no, I mean that obviously, like much more than the score. I think if Josh Allen goes out and throws three touchdowns and uh, runs for two more um, and throws for more than two hundred yards in this game, the Bills could have lost forty nine to forty two, and I think we all would have been like, "That's fine." Okay, I would have taken the win, but that that's that's a good sign, um, you know. And obviously, the, the having the win to 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 ice it is great as well. Um, the defense, obviously, you know, not uh, you know a decent effort. Obviously, the Dolphins pretty much blew up their entire team uh, in the last two days with Adam Case getting fired and some of the seniors moving around on the the personnel side. So they they clearly have their own problems, and some of that is probably motivation. But at the same time, you know, the Bills did what they had to do. Um, they they came out and they they made Kyle a winner, which is, I think, what they – definitely the motivation was clearly there from the Bills' perspective. There was no question about that, and I think that's that's good to see for them, you know, playing for playing for each other if for nobody else is, is usually uh, a good way to, to move forward. So, uh, Speaking of Kyle, he appeared in 183 games as a Buffalo Bill since 2006. He has one interception for a total of two yards. Um, he has 11 passes defended. He forced four fumbles, recovering six fumbles for a total of 11 yards. He has 48 and a half sacks, five of which came this year. 610 combined tackles, 103 of which were for loss, 141 quarterback hits. Um, he also has one catch in his career for nine yards total uh, and one rushing touchdown. Uh, which I cannot find on his stats, but oh, here we go. Yep, uh, one, one, one touchdown, one yard, and a touchdown. Yep. Uh, so, a an excellent. Is that what is that? That's like a Gordy Howe hat trick plus one. He's got it is a sack, an interception, 
uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got uh, rushing. He's, he's got all of, he needed an extra point, but you know, we can't have, right. He needed some sort of kicking, uh, kicking score. Um, but he didn't, he didn't get that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a Wikipedia page too, which is nice. He was a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time uh, first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, um, first-team All-SEC. He was a BCS national champion um, with his college of Louisiana State University. Uh, he's a beloved Buffalo Bill, and he is now retired. Um, and it was very – I didn't think I was going to be as moved as I was. Kyle is one of those guys who, who not even like Fred, like less so than Fred because he's a defensive player, got lost in the shuffle, who is an, really an excellent football player that, at least for me, you don't end up thinking about all the time because his job is sort of to not, not to not be noticed, but like a lot of his job is behind the scenes. Like you, you, you can't force a fumble or get an interception or a sack on every play to so help, lot, help other people make plays to a certain right. Extent. Right. Exactly. You don't talk about big play defensive tackles for the most part, even the best, like Pat Williams, one of the best we've had, you know, name a big Pat Williams play. <laughs> yeah. To do. I can name like one. Part, part of it's the defense that, that you play too. There are some systems that do. And Kyle, Kyle has been in systems where he was asked to do more kind mm-hmm. of, freelance pass rushing and has done well when he's done that um obviously he did not put up uh aaron donald 20 sacks in a year's ridiculous numbers but that's you know that's that aaron donald is kind of you know on the route to a no doubt hall of famer so that's a little different but um but kyle i mean i think he always he was always uh I, i don't know he did get injured once or twice but he was always a tough guy he was always willing to make it happen to go mm-hmm. out there even when the team you know there were a lot of years <laughs> almost all of the years when the bills were not really in contention at the end of the season, but Kyle would yeah. still go out there and, and he was playing in all of those games and trying. And he, there was never really any doubt about that in my mind. Yeah. There was two years, one year, he 2011, <laughs> he played five games, 2015, he played six games every other year. He pl- and then in 2009, he played 14 games and every other game, every other year he played 15 or 16 games. So, you know, 178 out of 183 started. Durable is the word I believe they say. I, I still never forget it. Like when we, before we even had the podcast and the year, I think it was maybe 2007 or 2008. And the bills had named Kyle Williams, a starter, a defensive tackle over McCargo. And we're like, Oh boy, McCargo must really be terrible. Like they're putting this Williams guy ahead of him. And granted McCargo was terrible. You know, we were correct about that, but I think really we didn't, sense how good Kyle was until maybe 2010 or so when he started to get the accolades around the, the league. And rumor has it he's about to be a, a six-time Pro Bowler because he was a first uh, alternate for the Pro Bowl this year and one of the uh, Titans defensive tackles went on injured reserve. So he should be able to take over that spot. You know, really, uh, you know, like you guys have mentioned, he's been under the radar so many seasons. He's been on a lot of bad teams. I think it was so exciting for for all of us to see him at the end of last season, you know, crying his tears of joy after the uh, the Dalton touchdown pass to to lift him into the playoffs. I just remember a lot of big sacks back when it was him and, and Darius and Mario Williams and Jerry Hughes up front when they had those one or two just great seasons together mm-hmm. and just how he's – and all the all the people in the locker room talk about what a leader he is and, and how great his speeches are. And you see Harrison Phillips shedding a tear and Micah Hyde jumping on his back and – and Jerry Hughes gave him just a gigantic hug when he came off the, the field. And it was it was great to see that camaraderie and know what he means in the locker room and is 
unblessed as we have been as Bills fans, you know, for most of the last 13 years, it's been, and really most of our lives, uh, but the years Kyle's been here, it, it's been a blessing to, to be able to watch him play and, and see his effect on the team. And so, you know, hats off to him and, and best wishes. Yeah, good luck to him and his wife and his five children. And uh, Or and as Philip Rivers calls it, uh, a good year. A starter a kit. Yeah, start, a yeah. starter kit, right. Um, I think, do you think on a better team, he's a Hall of Fame candidate? Is it? Do you th- Or do you think... I would talk about that. I think it was with Orlando and I had not to jump in here, but I, it's, no, go, it's, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. He, he might be, let's put it this way. I think if he were on better teams, his numbers would be better overall because he was in a lot of situations where at the end of the game, the bills are down. He's either out of the game because they have no need to play him or the other team's running the ball all the time. So maybe you get a, a tackle for a loss, but otherwise you're not going to get too many sexy stats down the road there. The defense was always on the field a lot of years, on the field a lot of years because the offense wasn't very good. So they had to do these rotations and he wasn't, you know, in the lineup as much as he might have been otherwise. So I think if there were better players around him, his performance would have jumped off the page even more. You know, you could kind of make the same argument, go back to the late 80s, early 90s about Daryl Talley. How great was Talley versus the fact that he had, you know, Bruce Smith playing in front of him and Shane Conlon and Cornelius Bennett next to him, and Nate Odom's behind him. That, mm-hmm. that helped to make him a, make good player to us on a Pro Bowl year-after-year type player. So I think Kyle was – I don't know if he ever was – could have been at, at Hall of Fame level, but I think there's – I think an argument can be, be made for it. Just if I have a gun to my head, I'd, I'd say no. I think he was just one of those Hall of Very Good type of guys uh, and just a great teammate, and, and enough can't be said for that. I, I'd say it's it's debatable, certainly. I'd say I, it's possible if he was in if he was on better teams in a major media market. I think that's also I cannot yeah. rule out that that has a, that has a factor in this kind of stuff. If he is if he's the New England you know, Patriot defensive tackle you know, Kyle Williams, yeah, exactly. Or or you know you know Super Bowl winning New York Giant Kyle Williams, like I could see that kind of changing the the calculus for his his trajectory which isn't fair obviously to him or to the the system but that is the that is the system that we've devised and we like we discussed on sunday that doesn't mean anything that's that's really just a you know again i think i think he's certainly i'm not sure i would have been okay with that i would have been annoyed because i would have been like well we've had guys as good as those guys who didn't get in just he's there only in because they're in the they're in the um he's in the you know he's in he's in a big market and he won more games on a better team or something so it'd be i'd be annoyed about it then um but i think it's definitely um it's definitely not it's you know kyle's is a great player and he's gonna go on the wall of fame and i think that's that's good yeah i think he's yeah. he's 100 wall of fame material even if even if he didn't have quite the career that he did have i think he, right. he's just one of those guys that buffalo's like golly that's our that's our fella there. Yeah, I think um, I think if we were Jaguars fans, we would be talking about Fred Taylor right now. Like he retired yeah. in 2010 with 11,695 yards, which I think is like 15th or 16th all time. Yeah, it's not <laughs> even you know talked about really for the Hall of Fame. And right. Again, small market, a lot of teams that weren't very good in there, so that definitely you know makes it makes it a challenge. Well, I think we should get to three stars because I think that I have a feeling that uh this is this is this will put a bow on the kyle williams talk for us maybe it will maybe Maybe. it will maybe (laughs) kyle williams said earlier in the week maybe i will maybe i won't 
<laughs> um, so your third star in this game, no honorable mentions because Miami was terrible. And mm-hmm. the last game of the year, everyone needs to get over it. Um, the, the three stars are coming to an end. So everyone's just going to have to, you know, just get used to not having these in your life. Um, but anyway, uh, um, I would say, actually, why don't I give an honorable mention to Zay Jones? Because six catches, 93 yards, and two TDs is a nice day at the office. I'm going to say that's probably the first time that Zay's even sniffed a three star. It's, it's, yeah, I don't remember him being on the three star list, but he actually he didn't have garbage time scores either. Like, he had mm-hmm. legitimate actual catches and touchdowns yeah. that were meaningful. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's give him the honorable mention. I'm going to give the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the. Uh, third star to Tremaine Edmonds, who had 12 total tackles and a sack and uh, pass deflection, which was an interception, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, kind of this was, you know, again, he was doing, he's been getting better. I think we can all agree with that to a certain yeah. extent. I think um, it's been a great year for him in terms of learning his role and being <clears throat> the middle linebacker on a very... <clears throat> challenging kind of defense a lot's asked of that position to a certain extent so i think it's great that he's performing as well as he is i don't think he's quite where he needs to be yet but i think obviously all the tools are there you can see the speed you can see the 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 physicality that you want from a middle linebacker now he just needs to get the the hard part which is the mental the recognition the the context the understanding of what the offense and defense are doing to be the to take it to the level where he's going to be a consistent pro bowler and i think you know again i hope he can do it um I will say your second star is again unusual that a man with five touchdowns, uh, arguably six touchdowns, um, would get the uh, second star. But uh, at the same time, uh, Josh Allen, you know, maybe somebody else needed to get a uh, a first star here. Maybe that's all I'll say. I think this is just more Scott typical hate on Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> throws for five touchdowns. You hold him back for the one interception that he threw to the defense. They ran in first squad. No, oh, I mean, oh. Allen obviously played a great game. Um, again, you know, was, you know, was off on a couple throws here and there. I've seen that. Maybe that's some of the things I've noticed. He kind of heats up a little bit sometimes Yes, where he'll, he'll kind of get better as the game goes on. He gets into the flow of things, has to dial in the range a little bit, dial in the arm. But, um, you know, that's something that you can, fix up coach out a little bit um and regardless it's two you know 17 to 26 224 three tds um plus nine on nine carries for 95 yards and two tds that's that's some that's some work that's a good day at the office for pretty much anybody at the court any quarterback in the league um and yeah the dolphins weren't interested but there's been plenty of games where josh allen's played the other team hasn't been really interested and he hasn't performed as well so you got to give him credit for that and i think um We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. But yeah, your first star goes to Kyle Williams. Oh, I had, I had Connor McDermott for sure. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one catch, nine yards, and <laughs> I think he had a sack. Um, and my uh, my thing is malfunctioning. Otherwise, I would tell you more about what he. No, did. I don't think he had a sack because he finishes it. And yeah, and he, yeah he didn't have a sack. No, you're right. They were, we were talking about whether they were going to gift him one. Yeah. Yeah, but he seemed to be all over the field, and you know he played a good game. And I think you, like Frank said, you really have, you know, there wasn't really a choice on anyway. this one. I think I think we'd have a lot of unsubscribers had it been anyone besides Kyle. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. First star, Kyle Williams. First star, first star for for B Bills M and Y in the in the the time that he's been there, the time that we've been doing this, he's he's probably the first star of of B Bills M and Y. I think that's probably right. I think yeah. that's I think two right. is two is Fred probably yeah. and yeah. three is three is probably Mormon, right? 
Tia, what about Terrell? <laughs> just goosing good, you there, buddy. Just teasing. Good, good, good for podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Tiocho show. Um, no, let's not ruin this by talking about Terrell. Um, thank you for for another wonderful season of Three Stars. I I really appreciate it. It really always puts a nice bow on the previous week and gives us a sense. No matter of, how of little game. prep I do. Well. <laughs> You know, just because it comes easy doesn't mean it's not good. So we did not. I, I I will offer. Do you want to talk about the fight other than Kiko Alonso is is a disgusting I, human? I being? did like the fact that, and I mentioned this on Twitter. Like that's probably Jordan Mills' last play as a Buffalo Bill, unless they really fail to improve the offensive line this off season. And like that's the way to go out. It's like I'm going to engage Alonso who was – and like Bodiger got in there early, so we don't want to overlook like Bodiger who jumped in as well. I might not even have his name close, but I'm going to call Mike Bodiger. Sure. And, uh, you know, and to see Jordan jump in there and then Robert Quinn gets involved and Jordan Mills takes out two Dolphin defenders when they're already really thin on defense anyway. That, that helps you uh, roll up 28 second-half points is, is what that does. So I was, I was glad to see the response from the, the, uh, the Bills, as I'm sure – uh, former safety and commentator Mark Kelso was uh, from, from what I heard. Very far. Um, the uh, let's see, where are we on the agenda now? This is a problem when the agenda is like three pages. When we long. go off the agenda, that's what happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then and then Paul added all like the things in that we we were gonna maybe talk about, but like three stars of the year. I, to be honest, I'm not sure if I could name that i mean i'll, I'll take a stab at it if, if you yeah, guys prepare take a stab at it okay yeah um scott doesn't prepare three stars in advance why should we all right <laughs> that's only fair <laughs> all right um my three stars of the year and if we don't if we want to make it easier i we could just do a round raw like you name your third i name my third scott names his third that that way you don't have to come up with all yeah why don't we just do that come up, come up just get, get one all right Frank. get it started okay fine um third star uh, I feel like I have a second and a first star, and now I'm struggling with a third star. Um, it's gonna have to be a defensive player, I think. Um, because I don't think Zay Jones quite got there for me. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. I, I think he, I think he made a surge, and I'm ha I think he's my season honorable mention. Him and Shaq Lawson are my season honorable mentions. I think my third star is going to be. I think my third star is going to be Kyle. Kyle had a very good season. It was productive, it, which is of course surprising for your twelfth year at defensive tackle. Um, I do think that there are two players that I'm happier, more excited about. All right, I will go with my third star, and I'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to give it to the uh, other ancient. Defender on the yes. defense, 35 year old Lorax Lorenzo Alexander. He's not only did once he he found his role with this defense after he struggled a bit last year, you're thinking, hey, he could be one of those cuts. Like he was just great in that role. And then by the end of the season, when uh, one of the people I'm going to put higher on this list went out, uh, I thought he just did an exceptional job filling in what they need to do at the linebacker position. He's a great leader. They could really use him next year. If they can get him to, him to agree to a Kyle contract, and I know they're both talking about that, uh, but I thought his his impact on the defense was was really solid this year. Controversial selection for my third star, Nathan 
no. Um, <laughs> uh, I no, still controversial. I go with Josh Allen. Ah, okay. Yeah. The, the only reason that our offense ever did anything this entire season, for the most part, was because Josh Allen did it. So, to that extent, he gets the third star. A um, huge concession from Scott here <laughs> at the end of the year. It's just for you, buddy. Very good. Well, he's my second star. Okay. Um. So just 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 a segue there. Good transition. We'd like uh, we planned it. Yeah, it's almost like we planned it, but of course, as anybody who listens to this knows, we don't plan anything. Um, we barely remember there are podcasts some weeks. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm I. That's exactly why he's my second star, and I, he was the engine that could. Um, I would once again like to point out he's far from a caricature of a quarterback. There, I think, as far as QBR goes, he was second amongst the look. He was like in the low twenties amongst all quarterbacks, but he was second on the list behind Baker Mayfield on QBR for rookie quarterbacks. And so counts for something. Uh, obviously there are leaps and bounds that he's got to get better at. There's lots of things we got to do. Uh, he's got to do to get better. Um, but I, you know, I found enough to be encouraged. I found enough to not be, uh, you know, dismissive, which is something that I think I'm, I, you know what? We were doing a podcast and I should go back and listen. Uh, I don't think I was feeling quite that way about EJ Manuel. I think I was saying, yeah, I guess he could be good. Like still. And he showed something like, no, I feel like Josh Allen showed a lot and a lot more than I, I thought, uh, you know, I I've come about, I haven't come quite 180 on him, but I've come about 178 on him from when, before we drafted him. Um, so that's why I'm there. All right. All right. I'll go with my second. I will I'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. Josh is a great pick, of course. But I'm going to go with Tredavious White. We we nitpicked a little on him a, a little bit toward the end of the season when he gave up some passes, but his consistency overall, where he ranks on almost every metric as a cornerback, you know, I, I was glad even before he got concussed on Sunday, he got a nice interception in where he jumped a pattern. I feel like he was overdue for one. I think his impact on this defense and what they're able to do, knowing they can match him up on the team's best receiver and usually get away with it for the vast, vast majority of the time mm -hmm. is a huge positive. So I'm going to go with Trey White as my number two. I would love to do another like fancy transition like we did with Paul, um, but I cannot <laughs> because Trey was a little higher on my list. Um. But I will say uh, number two for me was uh, Double M, Matt Milano. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and start that. How do you guys like it? Double M, no, uh, yeah, M? yeah, M um, but you know, a great, great season. Obviously, cut short with the injury, but I think he was he's playing about as well as we could expect from a weak side linebacker. I think, um, he's a guy who is one of those guys that we're gonna have to count on in years to come. He's one of that core of young veterans. Um, I think he played better than Edmonds. That's nothing to say bad about Edmonds, he just has another year of experience. Um, but, uh, you know, he's athletic, you know, he can, he can cover guys down the field. Um, I think he's going to be a good player for us. He, he, the production was there this year. He had some interceptions. He had some, uh, had some, a uh, lot of tackles. So I think, uh, yeah, Matt Milano, my second star money, Matt Milano. Um, <laughs> and not quite the transition Scott was hoping for, but I'm going to step on his thunder a little Trey white was my number one. Uh, there you go. Um, okay. uh, I agree with everything. Paul said about him. Um, I, you know, I, I feel bad that down the stretch was the, like the time he finally got burned um, the last couple of games of the year. But I think what I was reading before was, you know, defenses were basically not throwing to his side of the field, uh, which is always a good sign. 
Uh, he's under contract. Not that this really matters for first star, but I'm really happy that he's under contract for a couple more years before, you know, we have to make a decision on whether to re-sign a cornerback or not. But I think he's earning his money uh, and he's, he's a good player. He's a really good defensive player. And to me, I think probably the best player, you know, polished top to bottom on the team. Uh, so he gets my first star. All right. So I said Trey White and then Scott said Matt Milano and then Frank says Trey White. So I guess I'm going to have to say Matt Milano. Hey, oh. number one star. So, you know, and it seems very high for a guy who we, I wasn't even sure would necessarily be a starter because he'd lost some playing time to Ramon Humber mm -hmm. earlier this season, which is hard to even fathom that that happened. But with a it's level, yeah, I know. I'm going to Google Ramon Humber to make. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's busy with the Patriots now. Yeah, I was going to say, no longer a Buffalo Bill. Yeah. I was pretty sure that was the case. Yep. In yeah. fact, I, yeah. He he's going to the playoffs, so don't yeah. worry about Ramon. He's fine. Yeah, Jordan Poyer mentioned that Ramon Humber seemed to know a lot of what they were doing on defense, and that mm. did not help their cause against the Pats. But, uh, yeah, I think Milano brought an element of two things that often don't come in the same player. One, he was a playmaker. He made interceptions way the hell downfield for a linebacker. He forced fumbles made tackles for losses, did all of those things, but he did them while playing his position, while not trying to do too much by not getting caught out of his spot. And boy, did we see the impact when he was out toward the end of the season at the Bills, mm -hmm. which had a great rushing defense, all of yes. a sudden started to give up more rushing yardage. And I think, yes. you know, his impact, you know, as, as much as I think Tremaine Edmonds did a great job in his rookie season, or a very good job in his rookie season, he had room to grow as well. I think Milano really – help that defense grow over, not just the linebacking core grow up, the defense uh, grow overall too. So I, I got to give it to, to double M as he is eternally known. Yes. I think it's pretty clear who my number one is. Trey White. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So good. So I was the only. So the end there went Milano, white Milano, white Milano, white. So our ones and twos were pretty consistent. Yes. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a Josh Allen. Yep instead of a Milano. So, and I, I, maybe I, maybe I should have put Matt Milano on my list, but, um, variety is good. Yeah. Variety is good. Okay. Uh, well that was, that was fun. Um, the, uh, three stars of the year bills are going to pick ninth this year in the draft. Allegedly. That's what Paul says, but I think that is now well settled for, for right now. It's official, but NFL has changed their graphics so many times. Who knows? Yes. And also, um, also like the bills could like, you know, tamper with a free agent or something and that could cost them some slots or something who knows uh, or, a bunch of mock drafts came out already just in case you were wondering new york up was upstate ny upstate or whatever it's called yeah, yeah. um they had a round robin roundup or not a round robin a roundup of a bunch of what these people are saying the bills are going to take everything from dk metcalf wide receiver at old miss uh to Nikhil harry wide receiver at arizona state Jonah Williams. So it's it's a lot of offensive tackles and wide receivers. I did see one defensive lineman. I don't think the Bills are going to be in a position to draft the other Josh Allen because mm -hmm. he had a monster game with Kentucky in his bowl game and he already was excellent. So, you know, he's probably shooting up the draft board even as we speak. Do we have any preliminary thoughts on what to do with nine? Nine is a good space in that it's not so high that you feel like an ass if you take like, a wide receiver, but it's not so low that you're not going to get a quality player. Obviously, higher is better. You could have traded down, but um, 
you know, it's I think, the, I think, I think it's one of those spots where, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead, Scott. You, you probably have something better to say than me. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think the, the biggest thing that we can think about now is kind of needs and what, what does this team need? And obviously mm-hmm. I think we let Brandon Bean hear you say this, Scott. Yes, <laughs> exactly. God forbid we draft on need. That's he will mm-hmm. never draft on need as long as he's mm-hmm. GM for the Buffalo Bills. As long as I'm running this shit or whatever he said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's uh that's great, Brandon. It's, it's a hell of a hill to die on. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, it, is that, yeah. Okay. Anyway, but I think the biggest thing is needs to think about. And then, yeah, we do the needs for free agency, first of all, because that obviously that comes first. And then you try and fill out what you can. I think you do have to have your draft board in your mind as you're doing that, though. Um, the biggest concern that I have is that the draft is very heavy on defensive talent this year. Um, you know, Nick Bosa, Rashawn Gary, um, you know, the Clemson guys, Alabama guys. There's always um, there's a lot of defensive talent. And obviously the Bills, yeah, I mean, they're not an elite defense. And I've said that. But as we said on the podcast earlier this season, we don't need to get better on defense right now. That is not where we need an infusion of talent. We need to get better on the offensive line and to a certain extent, the wide receiver. I think we're a little better now than we thought um, we were before with with Foster and Jones kind of coming on and maybe um, McKenzie. But I think wide receiver is still a need. And then after that, yeah, maybe you can think about, you know, uh, maybe a little more pass rush from the defensive ends um, or, you know, another replacement for Kyle, depending on Harrison Harris and Phillips comes out or a second corner because Levi Wallace has played well towards the end of the season, but th- we've had guys who come in and play well for a couple games and then they suddenly, right. they, they, yeah. they get a big contract and suddenly it's, they're like, uh, they don't even belong on the field. So I'm not quite sold yet on, on our uh, defensive back rotation yet either. Right at nine, and and, and we can uh, debate Brandon Bean's uh, you know approach another time, Ex- excluding a specialist position, of course. I think the only position where I'd be like WTF that if they would draft as a quarterback, of course. I think right. a close second, not a close thing, but a second would be like a running back. I'm like mm-hmm. they they could use one for the future, sure, but that's really high for that that positional value. Uh, but really, I mean, you look anywhere else, yes, they're stronger, but Scott mentioned Levi Wallace. Boy, he really emerged well. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to – we used to have the same conversation about Justin Rogers. Like, look, oh, he's emerged pretty well in that role. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, he's not good. It's just teams didn't know how to pick on him yet because there wasn't enough film. Right. Uh, same with Chris Watson back in the in the day in the early 2000s. So, like, oh, we've got a good third corner behind uh, – Winfield and Clements, and then the Broncos, his former team, exposed him, and everyone else did, and that was it. So wouldn't mind a corner. Safety, you know, yeah, you don't need one. Poyer was declined a little bit this year, though, so why not be ready in case that continues? Hyde and Poyer both under contract. That's high for safety, but I'd take it. Linebacker, you know, Lorenzo at most has one year left. So you could use home side Edmonds and Milano. You can never have enough pass rushers. You're losing a key interior lineman and Kyle. Offensive side of the ball, again, high for a tight end, but, man, they could use a – if there's a Gronkowski available at that point, take him. And, you know, say if they, somebody feels a Gronkowski. So I'm, I'm really fine with whatever they would pick, except, of course, a quarterback and probably a running back. But, yeah, I would – if there's – I hope whoever is – right, whoever they have – highest on their board when they when it comes around to number nine it is an offensive lineman or wide receiver that would make me very happy okay that's that's um that's that's fair i think that there's something to be said though in 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 not so much beans defense but like you can't expect one 
21 year old to turn your team around either, which I think is why you stack and try and take the best talent that you can. I think a lot of this is going to have to be addressed in free agency. Um, the, the case being made for wide receivers is in the draft anyway, is like, for me, I'm looking at the the list of 2019 free agents right now, and it looks like Randall Cobb, Dante Moncrief, and a bunch of other people. And and there's not a lot of depth at wide receiver. There's a lot of older offensive linemen, like all these guys that I I believe at the beginning of our sh- our podcast, 100 some odd episodes, is like, oh Ryan Khalil, we should draft him. Mike Iupati, we should draft him. <laughs> the, the list of the list of people that I'm like like yeah, I, I remember saying I want to take him. I want to take him. Um, you know, they're all in their mid thirty, you know, early to mid thirties now. So the, the free agency pool is going to be tight and you're going to have to fight to get players. Um, you're going to have to pay to get players. Um, but between this year and some more money coming off the books the following year, um, Chris Hogan, free agent 30, uh, <laughs> you know, making made four million, you know, market value AV was 4 million. Um, you know, Chantrell Henderson, Four million right tackle, twenty-seven free agent. Um, all these strange ex-Bills names. Yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a rough. Yeah, we were talking, and and you know now we're kind of venturing to other territory. I think it's fine. Why at the, at the bar like trades? Not a bad idea, you know, guys. We mm-hmm. the, the year start the league year starts March thirteenth, which I actually looked up in advance before this pod. There are some teams that are in. There are four or five teams, there aren't many, but there are enough that are in some salary cap trouble. And they, they might be tempted by, hey, we've got a, a mid-round pick or if someone exceptional is out there, a second-round pick mm-hmm. you know, for that receiver, for that lineman who's under you know, a decent, might be a, a, a high but not exorbitant contract you can get that player for. So that can be one way to explore it too because you know, free agency tends to work on a supplemental basis, but you rarely get – those Lorenzo Alexander types who are going to be or, or Poyer and Hyde in free agency. That said, being got Poyer and Hyde in free agency, so maybe you know he is he'd be able to find those guys at a reasonable price. But I think exploring trades with some of the teams in cap trouble is not a bad plan. Um, I, I fully agree, and the league has shifted more to a trading league than it has been in in my lifetime. Um, they certainly seem much more open to to trading players and, and getting rid of cap space and stuff like that. So there, there absolutely might be room for something like that. Uh, as a quick aside, would you care to guess any of the five oldest people listed as free agents on spotrack.com? I mean, is Lorenzo on there? No, not in the top five. All right. Adam Vinatieri? No. I was going to say kickers is what I'm where I'm yeah, you know, There are no kickers on this. Oh, Jan- oh Janikowski's under contract. There are too. three wow. court. There are three quarterbacks and two tight ends in the top five oldest. All right. Josh McCown. Yep. He's oldest with at 40. Antonio Gates. 39. Well done. Thank you. I'm done. Atla- That's all I got. <laughs> at- Atlanta quarterback, not named uh, Matt. Matt, Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub at 38. Uh, Former New England tight end. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, never mind. I was going to nope. say, yeah, bad taste. Um, Benjamin Watson. Big Ben Watson. <laughs> and the last one, another journeyman quarterback most recently with Detroit is 37. Recently, uh, Orlovsky? No, nope. he's doing he's doing college games. He oh, is he? He's called the bad yeah. most, most famously of New England Patriot quarterback, not named Tom Brady. Matt Castle? Matt Castle, 37. Wow. I didn't know uh, that he was on a roster. 
then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick at, and Darren Sproles at 36. And then, retiring, so. Right. Then um, you've got Larry Fitzgerald, Mercedes Lewis, Frank Gore, and German Bushrod, and Brandon Whedon all at 35. And we'll stop there. I would so, take Sproles. I take Sproles and Fitzgerald right now. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I don't think they're coming to Buffalo, but. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald did $11 million last year. Uh, I mean, he, he caught some passes this year. He, he, he caught a non-zero number of passes. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. Um, okay, well, let's move on. I just I felt So like did Ryan Tannehill. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Touchdown reception on Sunday. Likely the, available as well. The Bills <laughs> will be home uh, against the AFC East schedule, the Jets, the, the Dolphins, and the Patriots, of course. They'll also host the Bengals, the Ravens, the Broncos, Eagles, and Washington as Paul put it in the agenda, uh, whether purposely yeah. or not. to, to avoid Oh, it was, that was purposeful. In fact, when I copied that off a website, they listed all the team names, Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, and on that last team, it just said Washington. Like, okay, well, there I you go. I, was, I wasn't sure if people were still doing that, but there you go. Um, they'll be also away against the AFC East and then going to Cleveland, to Pittsburgh, to Tennessee, to Dallas, and the New York Giants as well. Um, you know, the Washington's in disarray. Um, the Broncos are a team middling like the Bills. Yeah. The Eagles Fire had a... Coach. Yeah. The Eagles, they won the NFC East, right? But they did not... No, they no, were, they sneaked into a wild card. Wild card, right. That was right. It was... Uh, who won? Yeah. Was it Dallas? Dallas. Cowboys, yeah. All right, sure. You Okay. Um, but yeah, what else? The Steelers... The Steelers could be a completely different team next year. I, I have no clue how to read the Steelers because apparently now Antonio Brown's not re, you know returning Ben uh, Roethlisberger's text. That's the last thing I read. Um, the Titans, you know, are the Titans. The Giants, even you know, the the, the Giants could be a second year running back and a rookie quarterback next year for all I know. Um, and the Cowboys have been up and down depending on whether Ezekiel Elliott, you know. And of course, we, we skipped over a team that actually we would just count as victory in previous years, which is the Browns. But we, we can no longer we, do we that. Yeah, we, next year. That's going to be no joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, be, people are saying that could be a Monday night game. I'm kind know? of excited for that yeah. game. I mean, it the last be, time the Bills and Browns were on Monday night, it was terrible. But yeah, that like, was that was that was Edwards <laughs> and Quinn. Trent Edwards, I think, was three for six with three interceptions to start the game. <laughs> yeah. Depending uh, on depending on when that game happens, that could be for a wild card. I mean, like, because yeah. I mean, the Ravens they're clearly on the right track with Jackson, or at least they are so mm -hmm. far. And the, it's going to be tough to. I mean, Patriots look vulnerable, but at the same time, I don't think I would count on the Bills winning that next year. So mm -hmm. Browns could be one of the teams we have to beat if we want a wild card next year. Absolutely, Ab absolutely, that's going to be a big game, and you get to see Baker Mayfield. And yeah, I want to hold off on the Ravens because I I really liked what Lamar Jackson did, but I think he's still in the initial handful of right. game and, space where you know. I, I would well, say can he adjust or not? Yeah, you know? I'd say that about any of the first round QBs, even Mayfield, who I think mm -hmm. was a step above most. I think we're it's still too early to judge. Like even watching Jackson, I watched most of that game on Sunday and he impressed me in a lot of ways, but man, he's careless with that football. And that can be something that can, can hurt a career. You know, I look at his, his teammate, Robert Griffin, the third, we were ready to anoint him after a, a great rookie season. And to his credit, he stuck around in the national football league. He's, he's a third stringer behind Jackson and Flacco, but 
don't want to jump on that yet. That said, uh, he could be the next uh, Peyton Manning, and I wouldn't be shocked either. You never know with these guys. And not to mention, all like half of these teams could have new coaches because they don't have coaches at all right now. Yeah. Um, hashtag I, I evacuate the bulls and uh, pass the gates. Pass past the gates. Yes. Yeah. Was the other one. Lots of poop humor here. Uh, Derek Anderson resigned. He is going to be. Um, hopefully, he's out of concussion protocol now. Um, but they resigned him. Good quarterback room continuity. No room for Nate Peterman. Um, I haven't heard anything about Matt Barkley, right? He's still on. The oh, team. yeah, he was re-signed. To, yeah, that was last week. They re-signed him to a two-year deal. Well, there you go. So that's it. The quarterbacks are set. The Bills are I know. I looked at the last time the Bills carried over from the end of one season to the next, the same three quarterbacks, and it was seven years ago. And it was Fitzpatrick, Tyler Thigpen, and Brad Smith. So I'm, I'm be- I feel better about this room. History may prove me wrong, but I, I like this room. I was I was I was waiting for someone to drop the room, the uh, the uh, like the the QB room kind of concept, which is very prevalent, you know, amongst mm-hmm. the coaches. You know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we like that room. I was waiting for that. For, so what did, what did McDermott say in his thing? Like, I want a, a veteran <laughs> in each room or something. And it's yeah, I want a leader. I want a leader yeah. in each room. Maybe would, more than you've one. You've got someone like Anderson who's won in league and been around for the while, but who actually uh, can't play quarterback really anymore. <laughs> but then you have a guy like Barkley, who's a younger veteran, but he's he's you know had some success. He's had some failure, and he knows some stuff. And then an actual backup, yeah. Yeah, it's an actual backup. Uh, let's talk about this next section that that Paul's laid out. I'm going to read it off the 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 key free agents and the cost saving cuts, and talk about it in the context of the McDermott and Bean end of the year press conferences even i think it's a good time to discuss those as well because i think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of these were about yeah. um obviously lorenzo alexander uh Roy mills miller jordan phillips uh logan thomas and eddie yarborough all key free agents um you know reed ferguson is one of these uh erfas which yeah, is a new term to me rights. exclusive rights, rights less it's like rights. it's like less than two years of league time but they can't right. negotiate with anyone else it's a it's almost like a baseball contract to me, but yes. um, it's then, like arbitration two. We would essentially call it right. arbitration then, one before you're a restricted free agent, and then right. And then, as far as cost saving cuts, it, Charles Clay is is basically a not want to say a dead man walking. That's not fair, but he's not going to be on the team almost certainly next year. Well, Sean McCoy in the press conference once again got a huge vote of confidence from Brandon Bean, and is I, I would expect him to be on the team and in training camp. Um, and Trent Murphy. Uh, I don't know. Do you need him? No. Did he do something good? Yeah. Do you want to get better yeah. anyway? Is he is he worth that much? No. Yep. I mean, yeah. Is there is there somebody better we're gonna find? I'm not sure. Right. That's it, all, those are, those are the questions that are gonna determine whether Murphy's on the team. I think he's a eight point five seven five million dollar cap hit, which is uh sixth on the team right now behind Star Jerry Lashawn Charles. Oh, fifth on the team behind those four. And it's you if you cut him it's only three and a half dead money and you save over $5 million. So if they like what Shaq brings. If they get more depth on the edge and free agency or the drafts, I mean, he's, yeah, I think that those are going to, and how does he do? I know. How does he perform? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that could all determine it, which by the way, I just went to over the cap.com now to make sure I had my numbers right. And for the first time ever, I look in the right column and the dead money for the bills says $3 million when it's said like 50 to $70 million now, Forever. So now just McCarron Holmes, Adolphus Washington, and Nathan Peterman are on the books as dead money for 2019. Uh, it's beautiful to see. 
And I think that that's actually getting back to LaShawn McCoy for a second. I think that that was part of Bean's comments was like, well, if we were in a lot of cap trouble, you know, maybe we're having, he didn't quite say this, but I think he said he's dynamic and he had a bad year and the line was bad. And he basically made it sound like we can afford it. It's, you know, it's, if you, the dead cap is 2.6. So you mean you'd save. And if his con, if his base salary is six and his cap, it is nine. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to do the math on this, but I would guess that you'd maybe save three or $4 million if you cut it. Yeah. I so if I, I, it looks like they save, I uh, actually save um, six point four million if they call it Sean because his dead money will be two point six two five based on his how his salary was structured. Okay, so, so it's very cuttable. Okay, so yeah, so it's it's that's a good that's a decent player, um, and I think that at least the way Bean's talking now is like, well, we would rather bet that six million dollars on on you know Lashawn McCoy looking better behind a better offensive line, which we plan on getting. Um, and of course he's almost certainly considered a leader and all that stuff for the running back room and, and, and whatnot. Um, so, and the other part of it briefly is, is please. we have to, we have to spend the free agent money on people who will come here. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, LaShawn's already here. He's, he's clearly willing to play here and, and, and to a certain extent happy, obviously we'll see what happens with this off field trouble as well, but that, that values for something too. If we're going to have to spend that, if, if we save $6 million, that implies we're going to be able to spend $6 million getting that much better, you know, at the running back position, which I'm not really sure we can a, a draft pick. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I'm not sure there's a free agent running back. Who's going to have a lot more value than, you know, hopefully a more motivated and uh, behind a better line. LaShawn McCoy. Yes. I should have put Ivory on this list too, by the way, and Russell Bodine, I realized because Ivory is a $3 million salary. You save, 700 you only have 750k in dead money if you cut them and then bodine about the same 2.8 million and you only have 500k in dead money if you cut them well we're gonna have many moons to go through the, the dollars and cents to uh, of of bills transactions um i will say i will say the only ones i care about i'd like them to resign lorax and then reed ferguson i think you're saying because i haven't noticed him and that's what you want out of a long snapper the rest jordan phillips would be nice but not you know, that big a deal. Logan Thomas, okay. We are bro form. If any of those offensive linemen come back, to me, it would have to be his depth. And as far as the cost-saving moves go, we'll talk about all the, the McCoy situation in the offseason, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think, again, like, it, I think you cut McCoy or something, like, if if you need the $4 million for something else. But if you, if you like Paul, like Scott said, like, he's a guy who wants to be here. And, you know, if you're going to be – if you're not struggling to spend your money, but if you're if you're not particularly like looking for an extra four million dollars to spend, then maybe you just keep them because you're gonna you're gonna actually lose more cap money the next year too. Obviously, you'll you'll spend some of it, but um, you know some of that dead cap that dead more dead cut money goes away in 2020 as well. So, yep. um, but we'll we'll talk about that uh, down the road. Uh, we have no game to preview this week so we have some more topics how the bills will should spend their money we've talked that positions of need um do yeah, we I, want to I, I kind of like the stats compared to other afc east teams top yeah that's you know because what's interesting is we were all kind of impressed with sam darnold but guess what you've got a new head coach to deal with now and the dolphins mm -hmm. until the last game when their defense was fairly decimated by injury and ejection and so forth they looked like at least a decent defense and a 
passable offense, but now you fire your head coach and are admitting starting over, and they're probably uh, changing QB. So yeah, and then you look at New England. You know where are they? You know Tom Brady for the first time ever had a consistent stretch of not looking like Tom Brady, not just like up. Oh, he had a bad game or two. And it was like he kind of looked average up until the Jets game uh, for about five weeks in a row. So, you know, it, I'm, I really think the Bills and you guys, of course, can disagree with me on this, but I feel like they're really well positioned right now with a good draft and with decent free agency to set themselves up in the long term. Like I looked, and except for the Jets run in the early 2010s, no team besides New England has finished in second place or higher multiple years in a row since like the Colts did it in the nineties, but and they're not even in the division anymore. Right. So it's just like the Jets, Dolphins and Bills just keep rotating second, third and fourth. Like they can't even get, no one can even finish in second consecutive years, except for that one brief jet stretch where they did it in the Sanchez years. Um, so uh, yeah, Sanchez years. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you an idea of the mediocrity of the, the Bills and Dolphins at the time. So fun off-season game we need to do at some point is we need to pick like the all-star team of this year's Jets, Bills, and Dolphins and see if that team could beat the Pats. I feel like that's, that's a great idea. I feel like this year they could, but maybe years in past, maybe not. But this year, there's more of a chance, but who's playing quarterback? You know Allen? what? That's a good question. It might be Josh Allen. Yeah. It's literally going to be between Allen and Darnold, right? I mean, there's no one else in that. I mean, We're maybe calling I Darnold? 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 Yeah, I've been calling him Darnold, like Arnold. Yeah, like Dar- like Arnold, with, but with a D. But I uh, like Darnold, because he's uh, old. You know, he's an old man. Son Darnold. and Darnold, right? I mean, that's... that's uh, you know. <laughs> okay, anyway. But uh, that's, again, for the offseason. Uh, yeah, well, I agree. I mean, I think the Pats are as weak as they've ever been, but we're going to have to take it from them. You know, Brady clearly wants to play till he's 45, and that's still not a couple years away, and... Um, you know, short of him getting injured or something, he's still going to have uh, enough talent and they're going to reload. And they had some guys dinged up this year and, you know, it's going to be tough. I, I think, yeah, we've got a good shot at the Jets and the Dolphins, but that's not saying a whole hell of a lot. So it's, I'm looking at the, the, I pulled up the standings just because I wanted to see the points for and against. And the Bills have, um, you know, they were all terrible. I think that I think the Jets were actually better than the Bills and Dolphins, even though they're below them in the standings. On the Jets had the most points, uh, for except for the Patriots, and the Bills had the best deep points against except for the Patriots. The Patriots won both those categories. The thing that I found interesting was the Dolphins were one and seven on the road, um, which is only one game worse than the two and six the Bills and Jets did, which is only one game worse than the Patriots three and five on the road this year. So uh, finishing 11 and five and getting the, um, you know, they're going to be, they're going to have to play on the road at some point if they're going to progress. And so we'll see how that, that does for the Patriots this year. Um, yeah, the interesting thing is like the dolphins are seven and nine. They are going to be picking later in the middle rounds and they do want to have a quarterback answer because they're moving on from Ryan Tannehill. And I'm pretty sure, uh, they don't want Blake Bortles is the other guy who's moving on from the, the quarterback. Right. And Scott can correct us if we're wrong, but I have a feeling this draft class is much more uh, 2013 QB draft class and 2017 QB draft class. Yeah, I mean, you never really know either. Because sure. I remember the Mahomes-Trubisky year, guys were like, oh, there's not much there this year. And, and, that and Watson was in that class too. Yeah, and Watson. Yeah, it's a good point. So the, it's not it's not a perfect science. I was watching the game from Oregon um, 
Herbert or Herbert. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. It's spelled like Herbert. Um, he looked pretty solid in, in their bowl game, but then at the end, they also only scored like seven points. So uh, I'm not really going to take anybody to the bank yet. Um, and again, like everyone thought Allen was going to be terrible this year, and he he was not terrible, as Frank has pointed out on New right. Mexico. I don't think anyone would have guessed Rosen to be the most terrible, but he was. But then again, look around. And he's and also in Arizona, and they yeah. fired that yeah. coach. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Oh, we, we also fired a coach. I guess we, that was up in That's right. In fact, it's like Baltimore and Buffalo are the only teams with new first round quarterbacks that had did not fire their coach at some point during the during or after that quarterback first season. Juan Castillo they, fired. Yep. Could Danny Crossman be next? Stay tuned. Yep. I mean, Castillo getting fired is fine by me. Like, I understand that the offensive line was terrible, but they never looked any better. They never looked like they got anything. Yeah, Go that away. Dolphins game on Sunday was atrocious. Like literally, like the run game, like there were guys flying into the backfield before the ball was snapped. Looked like, mm-hmm. and the 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 Allen was consistently kind of running for his life. There were a couple plays where things held up, but for the most part, it was just you know a variety of revolving doors. And if by the end of the year they were bad, but looked like they could do a little something, you'd go, well, good, okay. It looks like he got him somewhere, and maybe if he had better talent, he'd he'd pull it together. But you know. He, Sorry, was, he was he was never really built to be an offensive line coach for he was a def, he was like a defensive he, coordinator in Philly. He was for he Philly, yeah. Line coach for some reason, and although they mentioned before he was that in Philly, he was no line coach somewhere else. So he just keeps bouncing from one side. He was tight ends coach in Philly, and then in the nineties, and then he was an offensive line coach, and then he was a defensive coordinator, and then he was a run game coordinator, and then he went back to an offensive line coach. So. He is a jack of all trades, and maybe he does none of them particularly well. And he's a <laughs> likable guy, and that's why he's getting jobs. Because he knows guys. He knows yeah. Sean McDermott. That's where he got that. Knowing, just knowing dudes left and right. In fact, uh, he replaced McDermott as defensive coordinator in Philly, I, I noticed. So, yeah. We would like to thank our Facebook and Twitter friends. Yeah. Uh, we did get a last-second Twitter question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do last-second Twitter questions. I'm sorry. Who, wait, who's it from? It's interesting. It's David, and he's saying, "Hey, can you compare right, EJ's rookie, uh, David Furster? Can you compare EJ's rookie season with Josh Allen's?" And we won't go through line by line, but you mentioned stats and records. I will say their stats are amazingly similar. Josh's record was five and five, technically five and six, but I'm not giving him the Texans' loss because he was, you know, dead by the time that game ended. Um, before he was resurrected, EJ was four and six, so very similar. Josh is slightly higher interception percentage, but what strikes me, it's the one stat I want to point out, because you go line by line through them, you'll be like, wow, these are really similar rookie stats. Uh, QBR, and I hate to give credit to ESPN on this, because I think, as we, as Frank had noted earlier, like we all feel that Josh is at least better than EJ. We're ready to make that claim. They look similar in every guy, but you look at QBR, Josh, or our EJ's was 39.5. Josh's was 52.3. So not great by any sense, but 13 points higher than, than EJ. And a lot of that is his running and so forth. He got sacked the exact same number of times as EJ. So, Is it so, fewer games? Sorry, did you say how many games they each played? Yeah, oh, I didn't. Uh, Josh played 12, started 11, and finished 10 of those. And EJ started 10 of 10. So they both started 10 games. Okay. Well, one, Josh started 11. So about the same, uh, like EJ stats, 180 of 306 for 58.8 completion percentage. And Josh was 169 for 320 for 52.8. 
Um, yardage was about, you know, even like within 102 yards of each other, Josh was better. So, you know, very, very similar passing lines. Obviously the rushing stats uh, greatly favor Allen with his 89 for uh, 631 and what, eight touchdowns, whereas EJ uh, had a mere 53 for 186. So, but is Josh the hard snapper? That's the question. You do not <laughs> have that EJ could do. <laughs> if you haven't hey, seen it yet, nor is he thrown it in a medical tent <laughs> at any uh, point. That's right, I forgot EJ did that. Uh, your base, your page basics are complete. I thought we had a comment on Facebook. We did. We had a Facebook comment from Brian. Brian P. Brian Pizzle. Uh, but I can't load it. So, uh, Brian, uh, Brian's just gonna have to unless Scott has it. I have it. Yes. Apart from the odd individual surprise, Milano, Foster, Ivory being good, Shady being bad, and Peterman still being on the roster for WTF, the biggest change is the defense being a fairly good unit. Um, I mean, they were a fairly good unit last year. I mean, to a certain extent, that's how they got in the playoffs last year. Right. Although they were terrible um, on run defense last year. Let's say, whereas this year they were pretty. They were. And I think I'm, defense is tough to repeat, is what a lot of people say. And, and just to be clear, in terms of run defense, I'm looking at NFL.com and they are ranking run defense uh, as 16th for the Bills in the league. So actually pretty much dead average in terms of average yards a game at 114.9. All right. So the run defense, last year they were close to 30-something, weren't they? <clears throat> I don't remember. I'll uh, check. Yeah, but someone else can check that while I'm, while I'm reading the rest of Brian's comment, which is, as a QB, Allen, as much as a mystery, as much as we drafted him, uh, though he's a much better athlete than I thought. I think, I think we've eliminated – I don't want to say we've eliminated the worst-case scenario for Allen, which is like he's a bust who can't ever play in the league, but we're close to – we basically eliminated that. I'd say there's a very right. small chance of that happening. I think that was a much higher chance at the beginning of the season, though. That now again, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a good quarterback because there is a very right. large middle class of quarterbacks who are going to draw paychecks in the league for the next ten years, but do not have any reason to start a quarterback to yep. start. In the Rob, we mentioned Robert Griffin the third earlier. This is his what seventh year in the league, eighth year in the league or so, and he was rookie of the year, better rookie year than Allen had, and. He's stuck around in the league, which is great, but he's uh, he's not the franchise guy that the Bills need Allen to be. Oh, to be a middle class quarterback team again, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and and uh, Brian goes on to say, position wise, linebacker has been partially aggressive, but we now need a new running back as well as all the same weaknesses we had before. That I, to a certain extent, agree with. I think we feel a little more confident about our wide receiver spot this year, just because Benjamin. You know, we had Benjamin at the beginning of the year, and we thought that maybe he'd be able to give us something, though at the end, at the most, it would have been a one year, and then we would have had to. Right. Um, now, obviously, Foster uh, and Zay Jones, obviously, under contract. Foster, not. Um, I think we have him for one more year, and then presumably we want to renegotiate soon with him, um, depending on how he looks in the offseason. But um, yeah, so to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, certainly, the offensive line is pretty much worse, if not. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worse than 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 where we were last year, and has not gotten better this season. So, right. The Bills, by the way, last year I did check their rush defense stats. They were uh, a whopping uh, twenty. Where is it? Twenty sixth, twenty ninth in yards allowed, and thirty second in terms of touchdowns allowed. So definitely improved from last year. Anyway, yeah, up ten. Of course, the offensive rushing stats totally inverted, where they were like sixth in the league in rushing last year, and about. I think they were like 34th this year. I think they were lower than their teams. The rushing was so bad. Well, we got to get moving here. Uh, yeah. 
It's because we we're have about been... to hit the hour mark in like two minutes. So yeah, I know, and we have not done this day in Bills headlines nor our quick playoff preview. Um, so I want to get to the the gift that keeps giving, which is this day in Bills headlines. Uh, what you got for us, Paul? All right, uh, we'll we'll start with it's January first. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year! Uh, so we're gonna go all the way back to the year twenty. Maybe this year. Yes, maybe this year. I I don't know if you guys remember twenty eighteen, but that'll be our first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll go through twenty eighteen. What I will do quickly. Uh, this was the day after the drought ended. So I'm gonna fire off some quotes, and you can tell. Uh, let me know if you know which uh, Bill said that. So here we go. Defensive back said, Andy Dalton, you heard it here first. I love you, man. I love you. Um, so it's Bill's defensive back. It is a starter, so you got a choice of four. EJ Gaines. That was one of the four, but not the one. Trey White. That was two of the four. So you're going back. You, you've left the Jordan Boyer. Micah Hyde. There we go. You only needed the fourth guess. Micah okay. Hyde. That's what you said. I'm going to run upstairs. I will be right back. Aww. All right. Ooh. All right. Well, this will get this will get yeah. bad quick then. All right. No, I think you can get these, these Frank. Okay. I think I can do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Bill's defensive lineman, when asked what the reaction was as soon as the Ravens game ended. Oh, it was very quiet and somber. It was very low key. Was like, no, no. Everybody went crazy. The boys loved it. It's just a great feeling. That sounds like Kyle. It is Kyle Williams. So, all right. I think Scott's been holding you down. Yeah, I think. <laughs> All right, which uh, which front office member said, it's very similar to having the anvil that we had for my whole 20-year career about the team staying in Buffalo. That anvil, I always said, we threw it in the Lake Erie when Terry and Kim bought the team. Now we've got another anvil we can throw in Lake Erie. Oh, okay. So this might be Russ Brandon who was oh, not yet fired. Scott was holding you back. Russ Brandon, <laughs> the correct answer. Yes. I was like, front office, who's been there that long? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that one almost tripped me up. Okay, go ahead. It was also funny in a quick quote from Terry Pagula. He's like, all you had to do was see Russ Brandon. We were in coaches' office after the game, and Russ lost it. I felt so good for him. I'm like, oh, boy, this, these, these quotes didn't age well by four months. All right, 2017, back to some headline-specific questions. Blank has one game shot to prove he can coach Bills. One game shot to prove that he can coach. So he was an interim coach for one game. Uh, was it Anthony Lynn? Anthony Lynn. Yes. Hell, man, this is uh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> he won't. He'll have to listen back to this because he yeah. won't believe that I got three for three. <laughs> All right, 2016. AP source: Bills planning to cut blank in off season. It says. He is by far the Bills' highest paid player, and he's been critical of first-year Bills head coach Rex Ryan. Ooh, okay, this one I'm not going to get. Let's see. So 20 – this is in 2016. Yep. Rex Ryan is the new coach. Yep. And it's an expensive – far the Bills' highest paid player. It says he has two years left on the six-year $100 million contract he signed in free agency in 2012. Oh, this is um, this is Mario. Very good. Yes. Mario Williams. Okay. So a little more hints there, but still none wrong. Yep. This will be slightly tougher, but we'll see if you can get it. Okay. 2015. Um, there's a bunch of headlines, by the way, that say Doug Marone steps down as Bill's coach. We're going to disregard those. Um, okay. Instead, we'll go with the headline, Blank emerges as strong candidate to be Bill's next coach. Uh, the hint here is 
uh, he did not become the Bills' next coach. The other hint is uh, he is, in fact, coaching in the playoffs. Anthony okay. Lynn. Oh, Scott jumps in. Anthony Lynn was an answer for 2017. Oh. Yeah, I, while, you you were gone, heard, I, he, while you were gone, I went four for four. Yeah, I heard I heard that, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Anthony Lynn, so it was, um, but I think it was the, uh, obviously, an assistant coach there. Um, what was he doing? Was he with the Eagles at this point, maybe? I don't know where he was coaching. He was not a head coach. It's Frank Reich. Yep, there you go. Yes. Oh, wow. Frank on the roll. Man. All right. Uh, this is, I don't even know what I can ever throw Frank off on anymore. Uh, 2013, I just want to mention this. The Bills fired Chan Gailey on this day. No, no quiz question, though. Uh, 2012, we have a game. Uh, the Bills went up on the Patriots 21 to nothing before giving up 49 straight points to the <laughs> 49 to 21. That was not even an exaggeration. That was what happened. I remember watching. When I left the bar in New York City after New Year's Eve, they were winning like 21 to 20 still at that point. And then by the time I got to Penn Station, they were down like 40. I am certain I went to the movies this day because I remember right. seeing that score. Well, the nice thing is this is a why question. Okay, so, good. Uh, because they're bad. Stevie Johnson caught a touchdown pass to put the Bills up 14 to nothing. Uh, and Chan Gailey benched him the rest of the game after he scored that TD pass. Why did Chan Gailey bench Stevie? I know why. Uh, well, you should continue again because you got the streak, and I will. Uh, okay. Well, I I don't know know why know why, but I'm pretty sure he got another um, unsportsmanlike unsportsmanlike conduct, conduct penalty. penalty. Yep. And All it right. was the was this why so serious or was no, this? No, no, but it is lifting his jersey. So you've gotten two elements: unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, lifting his jersey. I don't remember what it said this time. I thought it was why so serious, so I didn't have it. Yeah, this was Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. Sammy, always a trickster. Or Stevie. Stevie. <laughs> I love Stevie. Like, really? Like, was that so terrible that he lifted his shirt and it said Happy New Year? Yeah. And well, I know Chan was... thought so, and, and Chan had said publicly, like, if he took another one of those unsportsmanlike conduct penalties after a touchdown, he was going to have to bench him the rest of the game. So Chan had to stick to his word. He didn't have to. He got, he got fired. That's true. The fuck well, did it Look at it. What the fuck did it ever matter that he <laughs> Stevie Johnson? Nothing. <laughs> Stevie Johnson learned no lessons. Chan Gailey got fired. And all that happened was I was denied the joy that was Stevie Johnson for half a game. Yeah. yeah anyway. Well, well you, were you wouldn't have watched anyway. Yeah. yeah. That I wasn't watching anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, 2010. This is a mention only, but the Bills named Buddy Nix GM. Oh, boy. Mm. Um, all right, so 2007. Bills linebacker blank, teary-eyed, discussing tough season and future with team. Says, I've always put the team first, but I told him in this situation right here, this is one time I have to be selfish with this decision and do what is best for myself and my family. That's Takeo Spikes. Good guess, but it's the other problem. Oh, London Fletcher Baker. London Fletcher Baker. The other one. Yep. Damn it. All right, 2006, we have a game. Cooling off. I'm cooling off. All right. <laughs> yep. uh, the Jets beat the Bills 30-26. to 26. Despite the Bills going 8-for-14 on third down uh, and rushing for 159 yards on 30 carries, uh, Kelly Holcomb threw four interceptions, and they fumbled three times. That's how you lose to a 4-12 and 12 Jets team. Uh, but the question for this game, which I watched at the bar by myself, not me – 
not only were you guys not there, no one was in the bar except me and Bjorn until like the third quarter. And then like <clears throat> showed up. Um, what defensive <laughs> tackle played his last game as a bill before playing eight more seasons, notably with Baltimore, but also with Denver, Detroit, and St. Louis. He played well in this game. He had a tackle for a loss and uh, a good number of tackles for his position. What year is it? Uh, 2006 defensive <laughs> tackles. Interior lineman, not of the Pat Williams, Ted Washington, Sam Adams level of play, but a good enough guy to play in the league for 12 seasons. Sam Adams. <laughs> <laughs> not, now not. I'm not even trying. <laughs> uh, this one's going to bother me because I feel like I would know who this is. I feel I'm like with Scott, I've got to give him – and Dominican too. So let me see if I can. I will look up his college quickly and determine that he went to uh, Colorado. He was a Colorado Buffalo draft class. Um, oh, uh, oh, shit! <laughs> now you're. Now I'm right on it. Oh, it's not. It's interior line, right? So it's interior line. Yep. Bill's <laughs> Justin Bannon. He gets it. There you go. That well, you guys are weird. having a you're having a, a banner day. This is this is great. Bannon day. A Bannon day. That's the name of the, the this segment now. A Bannon day. All right. Not a Steve day. Bannon day. <laughs> this Bannon and Dill in this day in Bannon day. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. All, right. all questions will relate to Justin Bannon. Okay. Um, and finally, 2003, I will try not to give hints on this because it'll give it away, but I'll just give the headline. Blank makes ESPN all-rookie team. Uh, what year is this? 2003. I will give the one hint uh, that, oh, my God, this looks so bad in hindsight that he made any all-rookie team. Not for any personal reasons. He didn't murder anyone, but really not a good football player. Mm. More hints. All right. This, this, this hint will bring it over the top. I'll, I'll read the clues slowly, and then you can jump in any time, because the second I say something, I think you're going to get it. Um, Justin Bannon. Yes. No. Minnesota's Bryant McKinney. Joins fellow top 10 pick. Oh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams, yep. There you go. Mike Williams, he didn't have a terrible first season. He, I mean, he was okay. He was, he was okay enough to make the all-rookie team. So, yep, that was uh, this day in Bill's history, January 1, the beginning of the year. If, uh, if, if Bill's headlines, whatever the hell the segment's called. <laughs> if, if he was on a pirate ship shooting shells, he'd be Justin Cannon. Oh, yes. he's going down the Frank Road. Wow, man, that is a game we haven't played in a long time. If he hosted a show with Skip Bayless, he'd be Justin Shannon. Oh. <laughs> oh, if he was, if he was, um, if he was uh, basically spoiled milk, he might be Justin Dannon. <laughs> oh, you know what? If he was the villain in an, in a Zelda game, he'd be Justin Gannon. And we'll leave it there. If it was a Bible verse, it would be. <laughs> I got to give a straight face. Uh, if he was a yeah. Bible verse, he would be, one cannot serve both God 
and Justin Madden. <laughs> All right, Stoppapod, we did it. We can go home. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so glad that our listeners weren't around here for the for the hey, Jake Plummer, Plummer years. Just, just <laughs> joined us on hour two of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it finally paid off. Oh, the season's over, everybody. Yeah. This is it. It's all coming loose. Um, look, all right, we're not going to do a preview of. Yeah, I, I thank you, Paul, for putting together a quick uh-huh. list of the thing. Um, if you want to mention Here we something, go. Chargers, Colts, uh, and then I'll say Seattle and Chicago. Those are my picks, Scott. Chargers, uh, which is weird because the Baltimore beat them like three weeks ago, but I still like the Chargers. Yeah. Um, Chargers, uh, Houston, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. No, it's okay. got Indianapolis. Um, and then Seattle and um, Chicago. All right. Same as me. All right. I'm going to say Bills by 10. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, it was a really, it was a, it was a, kind of a cool year with with josh allen and other stuff and it got dead at some times and it was good but it's certainly not the worst year we've had uh, on this podcast we really uh, hope that you enjoyed the journey with us um we uh it's 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 2019 we are going to uh soon usually by the super bowl we we start to slow down our our podcasts um because news sort of slows down but we'll be there for all the breaking news we'll be there to discuss things we will have wacky schedule we'll have this day in bill's headlines i'm gonna try and come up with a something to be my thing but we'll, we'll see it's probably we'll, work not, not we'll workshop uh, it in the off season yeah well it's, yeah i'll just uh you know i'll uh, maybe we can boot like a comedy tape or something and i'll tell yeah. some off-color jokes and we'll see if that works uh but we really appreciate your listening um, if it wasn't for you, we'd still do this podcast, but we'd have less people listening. So thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to talking to you online on the Twitter at bbillsmny or on Facebook forward slash bbillsmny or bbillsmny at gmail.com or, you know, just Google up or iTunes up. Smoke signals, of carrier pigeons. All, all the things. Yeah, right. Just telepathy would work too. Until then, have a safe and happy and prosperous new year. We will talk to you soon. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Justin Bannon. Good night.